Uh, when we stepped into your door, it felt like being in bright light. And I feel like your community and your space is so full of the light of the world. Almost like you want to squint because there's so much going on that is bright and beautiful. And like Mitch said, it is our honor to step into your space during these days to be with you, connect with you, and do whatever we can to be a conduit for you in the moment that you're in from heaven to earth. We have so been looking forward to this time. It's been a bright spot on our calendar as we've been praying over our calendar. And we feel great expectation. And for the record, we believe in miracles. We believe in miracles, and we're carrying testimonies of miracles, and our lives are a miracle. And being before you and with you is also a miracle. So I want you to know that we have really great expectation for this time, and I hope that you do too. And our expectation is in our friend Jesus and his faithfulness to be with us. And one of the pictures that I've had consistently in praying for you is of eggs hatching during this time. And I want to say that this is a safe place to be born again. Whether it's a hard crack, whether it leads to a moment of messiness onto finding your feet, or whatever it is, this is a safe place to be born again. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pray, and then I'll share with you what's on my heart for tonight, and then we will dive in together. God, it just feels like this is saturation zone already, and I thank you for the gift of what has been cultivated in this space over time that we get to step into tonight. Jesus, we're in Canada. <laughs> And you love this place, and your heart is towards these people. And their passion, I believe, makes your heart beat faster. And Holy Spirit, I ask that the sound of heaven over this community and these lives would be released tonight. I honor your presence and your voice, and I say to you that the best thing that could happen would be to watch you perform and do what only you can do and step aside. Thank you for the honor, God, of standing before your people. And I hand it back to you and ask that you would run. You would run tonight, God, carrying us forward, forward, forward. And whatever is needed for the hatching, the hatching of new dreams, the hatching of overcoming disappointment, the hatching of vision, the capacity to be born again, I welcome that power to flow from you, Jesus. <laughs> we love you, God. We love you, God.
Jesus. Closer still, closer still. Amen. As in amen, it's not the end, but the beginning. <laughs> As in the beginning of a trail that we'll take together tonight. My name is Katie. And I want to share with you tonight a message that is very close to my heart as it is interwoven with my story about the power of compassion to heal. And as I'm sharing with you, I believe that the God of compassion is in the room. And that some of you, as I'm sharing, will begin to feel your heart start to burn, or your eyes start to water, or just the presence of God touching you. The presence of God specifically as a manifestation of compassion to be with you for deeper healing and to empower you in a deeper way to bring healing to others. And I just want to give you permission to lean into whatever he's doing and if you want to be on your knees, or standing, or weeping, <laughs> or sitting silently and really focusing on him, I just want to give you permission to prioritize what God is doing with you because that's the main thing, Amen. what the Holy Spirit is here to do tonight. But uh, part of our passion in ministry is healing the brokenhearted and setting captives free. I love when Jesus touches the internal man or woman because what's happening inside of us actually impacts the rest of our life. Above all else, guard your heart because it impacts everything that you do. So whatever is going on inside is actually influencing everything else that's going on in your life. And so when Jesus touches something inside of you, and puts it at peace or turns it from darkness to light, whatever that transformation is, and I know that transformation is a really core heartbeat of this house, uh, when he does that, when he touches something inside and makes it new, uh, it impacts everything. What you feel when you wake up, what you feel when you go to bed, how you interact with people, your relationships, your friendships, your ability to have vision for your own life. And I just don't know anything or anyone who can do surgery on the heart like him. Like a word from God just can cut to the heart of the matter and bring a transformation. It's so beautiful. And when you see it happen, it blows your mind. Because even though it's the internal man or woman, you can see evidence of it on the person's face, demeanor. And there's like, all of a sudden, they can stand up. So we love that. We love that among many things that we love about Jesus. <laughs> Something that we have learned is that within the realm of healing the inner person, healing the heart, there is nothing that I have seen like the power of compassion. Wow. Compassion creates a safe place 
for our hearts to heal. Just like a physical wound actually needs air in order to heal, otherwise it stays moist and it won't, in the same way, people, myself, you all, we actually need a safe place for our hearts to expose in order for uh, there to be an openness for the healing that God wants to bring. And if there isn't a safe place to do it, we tend to not release and bring forward the reality of what's going on inside. But what compassion does is it puts up an umbrella. (laughs) I think about it like like the umbrella compassion. That's how I visualize it. It puts up an umbrella under which there's a safe place for hearts to be exposed and heal. And one of the reasons that this is uh, really important to us in how we minister with a consciousness of compassion and wanting to grow in compassion is because of our own need for compassion in our story and in our lives. And the times when we were stuck and there was nothing, I was stuck and there was nothing that I felt could move me forward until I had an encounter with the God of compassion. And in that experience of love, something unlocked and I was able to move. So sometimes there's just not, there aren't any words that can fix it, charge your battery. But I think there is something in a deepening understanding of compassion that creates a safe place for what is really inside of us to come forward before him so that he can touch it. So in Exodus 33 and 34, there's this account of Moses asking to see God's glory. Are you familiar with it? It's the kind of thing that I would love to pitch a tent and be inside of an experience. Like if I could step into the word and live in a moment of it, this would be it. This is what I would choose. When Moses says to God, show me what? Your glory. And the Lord tells him that he can't see his face and live, but he will pass by. And when he passes by, he will declare his name, who he is, to Moses. There's something about knowing his name his character that is enough. So he takes him and he hides him in the cleft of a rock and he covers him with his hand and he passes by and he says, I will declare to you my name. And here's what I want to just 
draw out of this for a moment. God is about to give a self-description. He's about to describe himself with his own words, making a choice about what he says first and what he chooses to put language to or not. And you understand that he could have said anything about himself. I am the God who never loses a fight. I am the God who makes trees turn into orange and red fiery wonders in autumn time. I am the God who crafts the mountains. Fire was my idea, right? (laughs) Feathers were my idea. I'm really big, just so you know, I'm really big. He passes by and he says, I am the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. Sometimes the most powerful forms of love involve voluntary weakness and vulnerability. God himself making himself vulnerable to say, this is my character, this is who I am, this is me describing to you who I am. Compassionate and gracious. Have you ever been around someone who is very gracious? It's a little overwhelming, isn't it? Like, in the best way. When you take the word and you split it up, compassion... Kam means with, and pas comes from the root word pati, which means to suffer. Mm. It literally means to suffer with. To suffer with. I am the Lord, the Lord, the God who suffers with you Mm. and is gracious. What kind of person does that? I mean, who? Jesus himself is actually a divine act of compassion. God putting on flesh and coming to be with us, to suffer with, to suffer for. There's something about the power of being with people in the midst of their pain that actually creates the safe place for them to heal. There's something about you knowing that God wants to be compassion for you and be a safe place for your heart to be honest, open, and present in a way that is not going to get pushed, hit, Rejected? Am I making sense? I want to take this time to drill down with you on this one word because I believe it's a drill that's going down to a well that's going to open up water 
to release what we need to move forward. And not only that, but this compassion piece, I believe, is already very strong in this community. And God wants to put fire on it so you can intentionally lean into what you're already natural at and see how far it can take you as far as carrying a healing anointing as a community for the heart. Where just as we're growing intentionally in, in faith and in peace and other things that you can actually grow intentionally in compassion and get really, um, it's, I think about it as weighted with it. You know, you're carrying it around like a weight. Okay, so we're drilling down on compassion, all right? Yeah. That's what we're doing. Okay, so I want to share with you that a few years ago, my husband and I had a little girl. She's our only daughter, and she was born with an incurable genetic disease. And she was with us for about three years, and then she passed away. And her name is Ruby Joy. And Ruby Joy brought so much into our lives that I believe we will be unpacking for the rest of our lives. And there's so much I want to tell you about her and her story. And there'll be times as I'm speaking this weekend where I will interweave some of that story because it's so deeply part of my own journey. Uh, but for the sake of this drill that we're on right now, I want to tell you a few things about this process for us of believing God for healing, seeing healing happen in and through us for other people, contending with everything that we had to give and experiencing a loss deep, deep, deep trauma and sadness and uh, two weeks after Ruby passed away, someone gave us a gift to go to Florida for two weeks on vacation just to get space. And it was so weird because it was like the worst time of our life and the nicest trip we had ever had, you know? <laughs> this weird overlap, and I don't know if you've, any of you been to Florida? It's so bright. Everything's bright in Florida. <laughs> it's all colorful. The sun is shining there all the time. And there's these funky plants and Dr. Seuss trees and stuff. It's wonderful. It's like, it's a paradise but not an easy place to be when you're grieving. You know, I'm like walking in this cloud of sadness and the sun is shining in my eyes. <laughs> this conflict. While we were there, I began to realize that every day I had a decision to make whether I was gonna run into God or run away from him with my pain. Pain does not like to sit still. It will move you unless you move it. 
If you just stand with it, it'll end up moving you somewhere that you likely do not want to be. A victim is someone who has no choices. You always have a choice. It may not be the choice you want to have, but the moment you believe you don't have any choices left, you've moved into a victim mentality and that will make you stuck. You have to ask the question, what choice do I still have? There's nothing I can do right now to bring Ruby back. I don't have, there's nothing I can do, but what choice do I have? I have a choice with my pain, whether I'm going to run into him or away from him. And he will love you the same no matter what. No matter which way you run, his heart towards you will be the same. But it is very difficult to live with any degree of separation from your maker. And so in my own story, there have been times where I ran into him and there's been times where I ran away from him. And do you know what Jesus has me do? Get up and preach about the good decisions I made to run into him as if that's all he remembers. He's so kind. I'm just letting you know, not because I have to, that I have not always made good decisions in the process of my loss. But what I feel called to do is tell you about the power of when you choose him and what can happen on the other side of that. So we're in Florida and I make a choice to run into God and I go to the ocean and I sit down and I just begin to weep, but it was a weeping of openness to God. Like Hannah, you know, you're letting your soul find voice and you're actually sharing your heart with your maker. And I'm, I'm weeping and I have an encounter with Jesus. And I did not see him with my eyes, but it was the closest thing to a face-to-face encounter that I've ever had. It's like I could make out his form, like I knew he was coming towards me. And he sat down next to me and just began to weep with me. And for the first time, I felt something comforting. that come past, that come suffer with, there was something about it that cut in to a place inside of me that nothing could get to. And I remember sitting there and feeling hope for the first time that maybe I would get up again, that maybe I would be okay. And it wasn't until later that I really saw and understood that I had had an encounter with the God of compassion. He didn't tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing. He didn't even try to fix it, you know? Just sat with me and wept with me. 
That companionship, friends, is the deepest thing that you could ever know. The God of compassion present with the raw condition of your own heart. And some of you, I know this, like in my knower, <laughs> that there are so many overcomers in this room. Like if I, was, if I were to strain you, <laughs> I would find many heroic stories remaining. But even so, some of you still need this piece. To experience him as compassion. Where you experience him in a way where you know that you know that you know that you matter, your story matters to him, and there's a cry of justice in his heart over you. He has seen it all, and he is not apathetic about what he has seen. It's like knowing that he cares down here, not just up here, in every piece of your story. There's something about compassion that I believe is a birth canal for the miraculous. I believe in miracles. Jesus, moved with compassion, healed them all. I believe that Jesus healed the sick because he cares about the suffering. I know what it's like to live with someone you love who's suffering with a disease. And some of you know that as well. Moved with compassion. Moved with the heart motivation to alleviate suffering from people. He healed them all. Everybody was hungry and moved with compassion. Whew broke the bread, and it became enough. Moved with compassion, he touched their eyes, and they were healed. Compassion meaning there was some kind of an experience of love that for a moment was thinking and feeling what it would be like to be in your shoes, to suffer with onto the birth canal of the miraculous coming to deliver the answer to that pain. 
So we want to grow in this. And we've been practicing. Mitch and I together. I'm really happy he's here. Just saying. <laughs> I'll tell you more about Mitch as we continue to share with each other, and he'll help minister as well. But this is a man that, in the midst of these dark times, kept telling me, you're prophetic, you're a revivalist, and I'm like, the only thing I am right now is sad. <laughs> you know, I'd be walking out to the grocery store, and he's calling after me, you're a revivalist, you're prophetic. And I'm like, oh my gosh. For years, like, speaking that truth kind of pulled me back onto my feet. So thankful. So together, we decided it would be fun to try to learn how to be moved by compassion and lean into it as a way of life. <laughs> Letting life become a response to the move of compassion on our hearts, actually making decisions based on where our love is pointing us to go and to be, like with you. We're driving in here today, and I'm just feeling so much love for you, which to me is a sign that's where you're supposed to be. We call it the love compass. And it's been this process of learning how to recognize when you're being moved with compassion and then go that direction. Yeah. And just making a commitment to God, like when I feel compassion, I am committed to going that way and finding out why, what miracle is on the other side of this love. And it's been really fun just exploring this in life and, you know, walking down the aisle of the store and feeling love for this woman and turning around and saying, hi, I walked past you and I felt the love of God for you. Is there anything that you need prayer for today? And her saying, it's the one-year anniversary of when I lost my son. across the counter, you know? I feel God's love for you. Is there anything that you need prayer for today? Do you really think that God sees me? This woman said to me, we end up unpacking this moment of divine encounter. And some, I'm sure this is part of the DNA of this house as well, just allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to move through you in everyday life. But I just want to highlight that when compassion is an intentional part of it, you simultaneously are growing in the love of God and really getting to know his heart. This guy comes to the door selling stuff, and uh, we're upstairs upstairs 
And we're like, no, thanks, no, no, I don't want any of that, you know? <laughs> Shut the door, and Mitch and I both look at each other, and we go, oh, no. He's <laughs> like, love compass, I'm like, yeah. So we open back up the door and go after him, and he was like on this borderline decision point in his life, totally open, totally open. Mitch ends up getting coffee with him the next day, I think giving him a Bible and getting to share about Jesus. Okay, here's a really crazy story. So I get a, e I get a spam email. <laughs> and I'm like deleting stuff. And I get down and I feel compassion. And I'm thinking, something is wrong with me. <laughs> I'm loving spam. Like, <laughs> this is really weird. And then I think, nobody is going to know. I'm going to try. And I pushed reply and wrote a prophetic word. Hi, when this came to me, I felt God's love for you. And this is what I feel like he's saying to you. And the person writes me back. Wow. And it was for them. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> On the phone, calling the hotel and, and ending up ministering over the phone. You know, I'm someone that has long admired power evangelism, but I can never really find my place in it because, maybe because I wasn't courageous enough, but maybe because I love relating to people and I sometimes felt like what I was doing was bypassing the relating piece to try to get something done with them, you know? Yeah. And it made me um, uncomfortable and I have, I mean, I, I worked in and we're connected with Global Awakening, which is a power evangelism ministry. And so our dear friends are like the best I know at it. But for some of you may relate to this. For me, I found my home in it when I got free to embrace that the way that I am moved by God is from the heart for the heart. And I have no problem telling anyone, I feel the love of God for you. And the doors that that has opened up to share him is incredible. I feel a confidence addressing someone in public or private when I know that I am not doing it to prove something to myself. I'm doing it because I feel the love of God for them. And I think maybe that's even a safe thing for them when that umbrella is up, right. you know? It takes courage to let your heart be awake. can be easier not to feel. Some of you are very gifted in discernment. And one reason you guard your heart 
is because being moved by compassion can feel very overwhelming for you, like you carry the burdens of those around you. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like when you move in, compass, and you suffer with, it takes you days to recover. First of all, I want you to know that that is not a weakness. It is a strength. That gift to be able to feel with and care deeply. But I have good news. Thanks to Jesus, the burden doesn't have to stay with you. When it's the compassion of Jesus, it moves through you and it lands on him. And that's important because otherwise we begin to feel like we need to be the savior. And we're not big enough (laughs) for people's needs. So you make it a practice as you're moving into in compassion to let it move through you and land on him. So I'm in this kitchen store and I'm moved by God for the woman across the counter and she asks me after I share with her if she can give me a hug and she comes around the counter and uh, I gave her a hug and you know when you feel someone just begin to break open and she just it was like becoming a child I mean she just went limp I'm holding her and she went limp and she's just weeping and I knew that the healing was happening in the tears I knew that there was nothing further I needed to say to her I just had to hold her and be with her and as I'm um, driving away from that experience which was a holy experience in an unexpected place I'm processing with the Lord and I have this flashback memory of sitting on the beach And Jesus doing that very thing for me. And I thought, I know where I learned how to do this. Like, this was not my next best idea on how to reach people for Jesus. Like, I actually experienced this. I learned it from someone, from him. And the pain that we have walked through is very real and it's very deep. You know? The prognosis over our lives or our marriage in a secular sense is really the pit, which we don't receive. But the point is, it's a deep, 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 deep tragedy and deep pain. And yet I have found something that can heal the heart and move us forward. This, this God of compassion It's enough for us. He's enough. I believe that it will be observed and spoken over your community. They were moved with compassion and healed them all. This company of people were moved with compassion and all who came to them were healed. 
because of this capacity to actually carry his heart for the suffering. But you matter too, not just what you'll do together. And so there's something in this that's for you. I have a question. Can I tell you a little bit more? <laughs> yes? I want you to listen to this for you. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on you. In the same way that a parent will feel and suffer with a child, the Lord will feel and suffer with you. In the same way that a parent will intervene without thinking twice when a child is in danger, so the Lord will intervene for you. I will have compassion on you, says the Lord. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on you. Now, in this moment, there's a place in God's heart that is beating with love over the reality of what you feel inside. The eyes of Jesus, which are full of fire, is looking at you, and he knows your story from beginning to end. And his heart is burning with love that you would know that you know that you know that he is with you and for you. There is a home for your heart inside of the compassion of God. And many of you are actually born for this, to carry the presence of God and the love of God in a way that people around you just become undone with an openness to receive from heaven. I think that you and I are most alive when we are al alive in the love of God. And it looks like something. I'm going to pray something 
And then we're going to see what Holy Spirit wants to do, okay? Jesus, in the same way that you came to me on the beach in Florida, I invite you to step into this room. God, I welcome your presence for and with compassion. And as it comes, we just say yes to you opening up our hearts and being with us. God, I thank you for the incredible capacity of this house for love, the way that this community already carries love in such a deep way. And I'm asking that you would drill down in that spot tonight, that this water of compassion would come, it would come on us, it would come bubbling up from the ground, I declare a release, a release of the presence of God manifest as compassion. Let's just continue to wait on him for a moment. Pop, I'm asking for that impartation of compassion. Oh. oh. Opening up deeper love. I bless the tears. I bless the feeling of warmth in your hearts. I bless your hunger for him. I bless the birthing of hope that things that you thought would just always be broken <laughs> pieces of your story that there is no answer for. I bless the birthing of hope that there is healing for that place in and through this. The resolve of the unresolvable through compassion and the love of God.
First Peter, put on compassion. Wear it like clothes. Put it on us, God. Clothe us in it tonight. Like robes falling from Jesus himself. Landing on us. Thank you, God. You know, friends, there's a a beautiful sort of solemn and yet joyful, (laughs) I feel, presence of God here. And I want to honor it and just make room for him and go into some ministry time where you can respond as you want to to this message and interact with him directly and hear from him about it. And so I would like to... um, say hi to you (laughs) and thank you for standing there just in time you guys are amazing (laughs) we can play some music (laughs) thank you just open it up for prayer tonight and there are two things that I want to encourage you to lean into one is the God of compassion for your story that you would come and that you would meet with him and that you would receive prayer with an openness and a vulnerability to say, this is, a, this is a part of the face of God that I need. That you would dare to even make yourself vulnerable enough to say this is an aspect, this is an aspect of him that needs to touch my life. That I know that there are these unresolved cords inside from things that I've walked through. And I want closure. And I believe because I've seen it happen over and over and over when I've touched this subject in groups of people in rooms like this, that he is going to do it. That there is a grace for you to actually feel comfort in a place that has been uncomforted your story and the second thing i want you to lean into in this ministry time is daring to submit your heart to being used by god to be a vessel of compassion for others to say yes like i want to be brave and soft enough that I can actually on a regular basis be moved by love to find out what miracle is going to be on the other side of that. Both sides for you to receive and for you to be empowered. And throughout this weekend that we have together We are excited to give you whatever bread and loaf, like fishes that we have, whatever we have in our hands to give you 
and we plan to pray for you and prophesy. We plan to do healing ministry with you for your bodies, for your hearts. But I feel like tonight is actually more about you encountering him directly. And so I am going to pray for you. We're going to minister and I invite the ministry team of this house to join us. But for you, it's just permission to take some time to really glue your eyes to Jesus and press into him in these two ways. The God of compassion for your story and the God of compassion as one who empowers you for others. Make sense? So this is an open space for prayer and for encounter. And I wanna invite you to come. You can kneel at your seat. You can come forward and kneel. Just position yourself for some time with him. You can go ahead and move now. I'm gonna pray. Um, over this time in just a minute. You can come forward and kneel. You can stand. It's just an invitation to respond for more in this realm of compassion. <laughs> 